0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين wa والسلام على سيد wa والمرسلين wa آله wa أجمعين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى wa سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم wa حميد مجيد اللهم wa sallam wa وأعذنا من شرور أنفسنا Allah Ta'ala in Showing His qudrat His power to the world Allah Tabaruk made different phases Allah Tabaruk they made different worlds There is the Idhar, meaning the showing of the power, the Jalal, the might of Almighty Allah The anger of Almighty Allah, a place has been created for that it is called Jahannam and then there's a place which is called the mazhar, the place of showing the mercy of Almighty Allah. There's a place created for that it is called Jannah. A person might say that I don't understand why what Allah gets out of punishing. But no person has that right to ever ask that because everyone is the created and he is the creator. And he wished he would not have created us. And when he wished to create, Allah in Quran says, لا يسأل عما what he wants to do, no one can question him. He is Allah. Had he wished that there would only be a Jahannam, there would have only been a Jahannam. And we are the creation, he would have put the creation in the fire. Whether we scream and we complained or we just kept quiet, which Allah Tawarakallah says on that day, when the person is in the fire, there will be no one who will complain against the zaat of Allah. And there will be no one whose excuse will be accepted. The Mujrim, the criminal himself will accept that I am deserving of the fire. There will be no one to say, how could you do what you did? It will be said, everyone take your own hisab. You yourself take your reckoning. An individual will see his entire life and he will feel that besides the fire, nothing else is. If his own mother has to be brought in front of him and she sees what he was, she'll say, go in the fire. So that is Jannah and Jahannam. In Jahannam also the individual who's burning, which Quran speaks about many a time, one will blame the other. One will say to the other, you brought me into this position, but no one will ever blame Allah. Even in the fire, no one will say, why did you do this to us? Then we come to what is called this world. In this world is a world of goodness, what we will call a window to Jannah. And there's a world of difficulty which we might call the window to Jahannam. If in the real Jahannam no one will ever say to Allah, why? It is only right in this world also no one ever says to Allah, why? But man in this world has been given the chance to talk. In that world, man will realize I can't talk. One place I was going out of the masjid, one person said, only one small question. There's never a small question. But his small question was a very, very big question. He said, before asking the question, he said, I asked this alim, this alim, this alim. So as I'm walking, I said, after three alims couldn't answer you in such a long bayan, in one minute you want me to give you the answer. Your small question, but that small question was what? That why does Allah let us go through difficulty? What does He get out of it? So I said to him, that that is no small question. I said, but let's do this here. That today me and you both agree, we don't know the answer. And tomorrow on that day, when we are standing in front of Allah, on that day I'll hit you on the side and I'll say, you want to ask your question, ask now. On that day, you yourself will tell me, if we can get out of this thing, we go in. Why here we want to ask? Because in this world, man has started thinking he's the boss and he forgot that there is one above. This is a world of ease, there's a world of difficulty. But the difficulty of this world is not Jahannam. And the ease of this world is not Jannah. Having good days doesn't mean we're under the mercy of Allah. And having difficult days doesn't mean we're under the curse of Allah. Because life was going well for a while, we came to a position that we started thinking that we were created to only see good days. I read my Fajr in the morning. It means what? That today no one must pass away. No one must get sick. No one must have a loss in their business. And if something goes wrong, then I say, but I asked that Morana to make dua for me. Still, it never come right. As though this was Jannah. What is this world? Allah, Allah describes it in two wonderful ayat. Wadduha. Wallaili إذا saja. Wadhuha means by the oath of day when everything is bright. That's what me and you enjoy. Life must go how I want. I must be able to see on every side. Nothing must be hidden from me. Nothing must be a shock for me. Nothing must be a surprise. There must be no phone call to say someone passed away. It must only be happy days. This is born and that one was born. This one is getting married and that one is living happy. I don't want to hear of divorce. I don't want to hear of sickness. And the last word death, that I don't want to hear at all. وَاللَّيْلِ Ida Saja, By the oath of night, when it comes over there. By the oath of day when everything is bright, وَاللَّيْلِ ida Saja By the oath of night when it comes over day. What a wonderful oath it was, saying to me and you that the world moves like that. You saw it so many times, we lived in it. We became used to night coming. The child on the first night he cried, because he got scared of the dark. But even in the jungle after three nights, he understood that tomorrow morning will come again. He became too used to it. There are people in the world who are so used to difficulty because they have seen it so often. In their world, if a bomb falls, it's three minutes, everything shakes and life carries on again. And in mine, in your world, if a bomb falls, For the next two weeks, we'll be waiting. What if another bomb falls? Because we never saw it happening. We never saw difficulties, so we began thinking, this world is Jannah, there's no difficulty. This world is not Jannah and this world is not Jahannam. In this world, it is like how Jannah is the place where Allah shows His beauty. And Jahannam is the place where Allah shows His power. This world is the place where Allah takes the exam. For an exam, it's a completely different setup. Good days doesn't mean we're passing. And difficult days doesn't mean we're failing. The exam only finishes when death comes. Until then, everyone is writing. Everyone is writing. The man who's living it up, sometimes we have to remind him that, do you remember that you're still in the exam hall? The way you're carrying on, like there's no exam, and the man who's in difficulty and he wants to ask why, the answer is, you have to get one, two hard questions in the paper. Alif lam mim ahasib nas ay yutrakoo ay amanna. Almighty Allah says, amazing man is, does he think that he will just say, I believe. Wahum yuftanoon. And then we will not take the exam. Wa laqad fatanna min qablihim. We have taken the exams of everyone before. So that Allah can see who is truthful and who is the liar. So that Allah can see who is truthful and who is the liar. This world is a world of exams. South Africa did not see it perhaps so for so long. We used to hear about in Syria these problems. We would hear about sometimes a shi'i group came into a town, Whoever they found of the name of Aisha Fatima, they took the izzat of those women just because their name was Aisha Fatima. It made us shiver, we shook our heads, we said, what happened? But that's all, it just passed. We said, that's for that land. Some visited it, when they came back, they said, you know what's happening in those places? And again, we shook our heads, we said, how hard? We took our little money from the pockets. But we never ever thought perhaps we will also see some difficulty. But our difficulty doesn't compare at all to this. Amazing it was, but when the small difficulty came, we saw towns and towns, families and families, where death hit and it did hit. Three or four people passed away in that house. We had to visit those houses. But we never found four people passed away. We found the whole house died. Whole house was dead. They were alive, but they were dead. They had gone into a depression. And what they made them depressed, they said, I saw four people die. The answer was, you're supposed to see the whole world die also. And still we have to live normal. Were we not visiting the graveyard before that? Was it just because so many deaths came so quickly, that we also died in it? For me and you, it's a different world from the people outside. When it is daytime, we're also writing Allah's exam. When it is nighttime, we are also writing Allah's exam. When many are being born, we are writing an exam. When many are dying, we're also writing an exam. Our exam ends with death. Death was not a burden, a calamity, a punishment for anyone. And neither is life. Poverty has never been a punishment and neither has wealth. It's an exam. Allah says, Wadduha, By the Qasam, the oath of day when everything is bright, and by the oath of night when everything is dark. مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا qala. Remember, your Allah has not left you. And He has not become upset and angry with us. Had Allah become angry, it would not have been a small difficulty. When the curse of Allah falls, Jahannam starts. When the curse of Allah falls, you can be an actress or an actor who has millions coming into your account every night. But when you put your head to sleep, you cannot sleep without taking very high tablets. When the curse of Allah falls, it goes through the body. It gives nightmares. Every angle you're turning to, you're just finding the door closed. Finally, the person who the world says had no problems, you hear that girl or that boy committed suicide. When the curse of Allah falls, it grips at every part of man. The world tries to make him happy, he smiles, but when he goes to bed, it is everything closed. Ma وَدَّعَكَ rabbuka Anger is something else. Exam is something else. If the teacher wanted to see the kamal of his student and he set a difficult paper, sometimes you get those ustads. They even get happy and they tell the students, this is a hard paper. Does it mean he's angry with them? It means I have already tested you so much. I have trained you so much, I think you'll manage. Ma' Remember your Allah has not left you. He has not become angry. So the question will then come, so why are you putting us in the difficulty? Why must I write the exam? The answer is the teacher will also say to the students that I need you to go further. Allah says, remember that world is better for you than this world. If you wanted, there would have been no exam." We would have loved a fantastic 70 years, but 70 years in a world where every rose comes with a thorn, and at the end of 70 years our rose would have died and the thorn would remain, and it's finished. For the animal, it's like that. The animal doesn't see mine and your exam. It loves its life of it jumps on who it wants to. It runs and eats what it wants. It got no law. It doesn't have to wake up, but it wakes up. It doesn't have to wake up and go for the fajr. It doesn't have to stay awake and wait for the isha. It doesn't have to. But on that day when the animal will be told, turn to dust and finish, well, we want that. On that day, everyone will say, Allah, why you never let me write the exam? We'll be very happy to be a man. Then we look around us and we see some people who got it nice. We see the news and we see non-Muslims, they living it up. And we find if difficulties are coming, it only comes on Iman. It only comes on Islam. It only comes on Muslims. But on that day, everyone will say, I'm very happy. Allah says, وَيَقُولُ الْكَافِرُ يَا كُنْتُ تُرَابًا When the disbeliever will say, if I could be the animal, he became dust, I want to become dust. He can't become dust. On that day, every believer will say, it was worth it. Then he will read this verse, l-akhiratu Remember the year after for you was much better than this world. So we had to put you through some difficulty. وَلَصَوْفَ يُعْطِيكَ And by the promise, this is Ayat of Qur'an. Allah is saying, by Allah, you don't have to say, I promise. But Allah puts that Laam, that Laam means and most definitely, soon Allah will give you, He will give you, He will give you, and He will make you happy. Way, king ever speaks like that. Soon He will give you so much, you are going to become happy. Meaning this world is a world to just move through. We will move with a smile through this world. Why? Because in the Sirat of Islam, there was Badr, Immediately, it was followed by Uhud. Badr was to say, you're going to get good days in history. Uhud was to say, but it doesn't last. When there was Badr, there was Uhud. When there was the conquest of Makkah, Mukarrama, and it said, we made it. It followed immediately by the demise of the Rasul of Allah. To say, where it goes up, it will have to come down. Then there was open irtidad, apostasy, when it became dark everything, then it became light, suddenly the era of Abu Bakr and Umar started. Islam's light started spreading in the world. When the Tatars, the Mongolians, when they hit the Muslim capital, when Baghdad was sacked, Iraq, capital of the Muslim world, in that same year, the person who would one day start the Ottoman, the Usmani Empire, he was being born. Where one side the sun was setting, another side the sun was rising. Why Allah made it like that? Because the exam has to take place. Where one martyr was passing away, another one was being born. One child passed away, and somebody else gave birth. You read Inna lillah on one side, you had to read Alhamdulillah, masha'Allah on the other side. This world is like that. You grab the rose, immediately you fell the thorn. The world is like that. Why Allah made the world like that? He made it so beautiful, so beautiful, so beautiful. That when man will look at what a beautiful world. Like some boys they say it. When they can't keep their eye of the girl. They say, why did Allah make her so smart? Had she not been, I wouldn't have wanted to look. The answer is, that Allah wanted to say to you, that by Allah there are things even smarter. If this is not the wing of the mosquito, and it has made you mad. And by Allah, there are things that are going to be beyond. Allah made it so smart to say to you, that if this is what you want to die for, then just hold on, then there is better things to die for. That understand the power of your Allah, if this grabbed your eyes so much, and then the master said, and this is less than the wing of the mosquito, that it means open your eyes for that. Why in every beauty then Allah put that thorn? Why in the rose it hit the thorn? Why in that beautiful girl she came with a sharp tongue? Why Allah had to make it yesterday when I married her, she was unique? But 10 years down the line, she's not so unique. Then I say that, you know what? When she came, she was so sweet and she was so polite and she came with presents. And how she said, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy. And ten years later, I don't know what happened to her. It's normal. Allah made it such that changes have to take place. Why did Allah make it that she had to have her moods? Some women before they give birth, some women after they give birth, some women when they reach an era called, that now their time, their periods will stop. The entire mental condition changes. At that time, that man who was making dua, Allah, give me a child, Allah, give me a child. They call it postnatal, they call it prenatal, whatever names they call it. Whatever they want to say, we smile and we say, our Nabi of Allah said, they have names for the stages of woman. Before birth, she loses it. After birth, she loses it. When she reaches menopause, she loses it. When she gets her daughter in law in the house, she loses it. If she ever hears her husband, is just thinking, or the Murana in the town thought of taking a second wife, she loses it. She's forever losing it. They got so many names in Islam, we got one name. Allah's Nabi Wasallam said that Allah created them with a nooks in their mind. Naafisaatul aql. The women of the world who are modern, they became so angry with this one hadith, that how could he say it like this? He spoke from the word of the creator, that Allah made her like that. So they created hundreds of names. They put hundreds of tablets to try to put a right. Each tablet put it more. Each tablet. Everything came with its side effects. Some of those tablets were written, they create suicidal thoughts. But the man wanted his wife to come normal. He never even bothered about that. He just pushed it in. Come right, come right. Why did Allah have to make it? And if you ask the woman, she will say, whatever you thinking about me, I have my periods when I go off. You always off. <laughs> you always off. Why did Allah make the man with a mood? Why did Allah make the woman like that? He made it such that when you look at how beautiful, how wonderful, how fantastic. And then you see the thorn. The thorn is to say, but this is not Jannah. There is Jannah. That don't die for it here here yeah, the rose only got a few days of staying fresh and then it's going to be dead if you are going to die as rasha Hakeem muhammad Akhtar would say when the poet walked past and the nightingale was singing for the garden he said if someone could say to the nightingale that don't give your heart to this garden because autumn is around the corner don't give your heart to this garden. we gave our heart to the garden Corona then came and it broke everyone's heart. That man who put his heart in his business, that one virus came, he couldn't open his shop. There were certain people, they could have been so tired, so tired. But in the morning to wake up, because my shop is calling, if one day they couldn't go to shop, it was worse than death for them. When that virus came, they got stuck. Some of them went into depression. Every day when they saw that money not coming, that money was their happiness, no money was depression. For some of the women in our country, the maid coming to the house was Jannah. No maid coming was Jahannam, that was depression. They couldn't survive, what the man was making dua, Allah, let the virus go away, my business can open. Anti-maid dua, virus go away, my maid can come. What a world it was. But that was not for the people of Iman. For the people of Imanis, we live with a smile till the ending. During the day we smile, during the night we smile. We smiled when someone was living, we smiled when someone had to leave also. Why? Because when I saw my father or my mother or my child on that deathbed, where everybody else said he mustn't die, because they don't have stage two after death. For me and you it is, if death is written, he must die on iman. So where they would lift up their hand and say, pray for him, pray for him, he mustn't die. For us we were told, al oh Allah, من The one who you keep alive, let him live with iman and Islam. Why did we make that dua? And the one who has to die, then just make sure you take him with iman. Why we were taught that? Because for us, death was not the calamity, death was the end of depression. That as long as you are alive, your every rose will come with a thorn. I promise you after death, it will be roses with no thorns. While you slept in this world, you had to wake up the next morning, even if you never want to wake up. When you will enter the grave, you'll wake up only when you want to wake up. You will want to wake up, the angel will say, sleep more. You'll ever get this in this world. In this world, you'll open your window, the mosquito also will come, the fly will also come. In the world of the grave, that window will open, the smell of Jannah will come. Just the smell will create an ecstasy that will take you out of the world. After that entire episode will finish, there'll be another The sweetness of the fruit of Jannah, you will be told you want to taste it. You will have times to meet the people. You will have times to look towards Jannah. Everything will be a different ecstasy, stage two. Stage two is not the ending, we still got another stage coming. That is the world where everything starts. That's the world where there's roses with no thorns. And there's woman, it could be your own wife. But in that world, she won't be like the woman of this world. إِنَّا أَنْشَعْنَاهُنَّا إِنْشَاءً We made them. فَجَعَلْنَاهُنَّ أَبْكَارًا Unique and new every time for you. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi wasallam spoke about who are those women. He said that old woman of this world who can't even look properly. She has reached that old age, her husband also. He also now waits. Because now she can't see him, he can't see her. What they got in the world, but amazing, when death has to come in front and knock, even that old auntie, she lifts up her hand and says, I don't want to die. That old uncle don't want to die. What they want to live for, they forgot their stage two coming. They forgot. Many a time in Bayan, I say this year, it's more for the old people, but it could be for the young, especially for the old. When the time comes and you see death in front, It must not make you more older. It has to make you younger. There were those ulama on their death. Their son said, when I looked at his face, that last few days it seemed made him younger and younger. He says, when I looked at that face when he died, it was so like happy. As they were coming to the ending, he said, now it's finished. They showed the word of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi when his daughter Fatima radiya anha said, Ah, the pain of my father. He said, after tomorrow, your father will see no pain. For me and you, that is death. Death is not a punishment. When the virus came, everyone said, take precaution. Nothing wrong with precaution. Islam demanded, take your precaution. Islam was the most moderate and practical religion in the world. At the same time, Islam said, don't be mad in taking precaution. Some people took such a precaution that as soon as one person in the family got sick, everyone ran out. Islam was unique that it said, if a virus comes in a town, if a plague comes in a town, then the people of the town must not run out. They must stay in. Ulama mentioned what and what different reasons. One reason they say if they're going to run out, and that's how we all will understand, they're going to take the sickness with them. Others say if they're going to run out, who's going to look after the sick person? Who's going to look after him? Islam was so moderate that it said to the man that if the call of jihad comes, then you will walk towards death, but it doesn't mean you're going to die. You will walk towards it. The hadith said so beautifully, continue asking Allah for afiyah, protection. But when you meet the enemy, then remain firm. When you meet the enemy, then remain firm. Your wife falls sick. It is impossible that you say, now I'll sit in the other room. That if you have to go, go. At that time, that husband will say, I do not run towards death. I ask Allah for afiyah. But when death knocks at my door, I go and open the door. Because it's in my house now. At that time, I will be in the room. And there were those families and may Allah make it. Whether they speak about second wave, third wave, fourth wave, we don't know how many waves the ocean wants to bring. We went through one, many failed it who are still living. That man who learns from his mistake does not fail at the ending. If another comes, we must be ready to look at difficulty in the eye. And we say, I do not behave like the man who doesn't have stage 2. I behave differently. When the doctor will say to me, everyone get out of the room. I will say to the doctor, everyone is already in the room. Now if they're going to get out, they're going to take it with them, rather just leave them all here. He said, the old man is sick, take away all the grandchildren. The answer is, they sitting on his lap already. Where are they going to go? They're still alive. Their doctor perhaps passed away. The child has to be told, you must not be scared of death. Otherwise, there were those children who went to maktab during this time. And every five minutes, they were washing their hands. Whereas the whole world knew very, very, very few children got killed with the sickness. But the child's mother put the fear of death so much in his mind. That forget death, the thought of death may him wash his hands in the madrasa. The mothers of today have to start and the fathers of today telling your child so much that death is a gift, not a punishment. Because we all saying we want the Mehdi. And we all saying, I want my child. When we make the dua Allah, let my child carry the flag of Islam. Who doesn't say Ameen? But if you have to explain that dua, what it means, it means you have to be that father. That when Rasulullah saw that young boy, and he said to him, you're too young, you have to go back to Madinah Munawwara. Then as the boy went, he cried. Then his father came and said, why are you crying? And he said, Allah's Nabi is not allowing me to go out. Mawna Abu hasan al-Nadwi wrote on this. He said, when the father came, the father begged the Rasul of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, why can't my child go out? He said, what was the father saying? The father was saying, my child wants to die. I want him to die. Why are you stopping him? He said, which father of today will ever talk the talk?" And we saw it. When this one virus came, we saw everyone became scared. If I became scared to walk in that direction because I said, around the door is "get," then do you think me and you are going to be the ones walking in that direction? We once upon a time we heard the nizam, Mary, Ammi, Ijazat, Deh, Kashmir, ka My mother give me permission, I want to go Kashmir. And it was read so nicely, while we were listening to it, we were also moving like, wow, wow, happy, happy. And as the Nizam was carrying on, we even said, why can't that mother let the child go? And the time might come where my son might come and say, Daddy, give me permission. I want to go. And then you'll forget the whole Nizam. You'll forget all your sheikhs. And then you'll say, who will sit in my shop? <laughs> so how can you go? you die. Are we that nation. So I will end on this one Waqiyah. I will read to you all. But before that, it is not a scare. It is not a threat. It is, there was a reason where Allah's Nabi ﷺ told His ummah that be ready for fitan. Be ready for trials. He spoke about the worst of trials, what we call Dajjal. And everyone knows it's going to happen. He never said to us to make us scared. He said it to us to make us aware. That if you know something's going to happen, you're ready. Forget the Jal now, he said before the coming of the Jaal, the world will see drought. He said three years of drought. The word years in the Arabic language doesn't have to mean one year. It can mean periods, three periods of drought. Drought doesn't mean only it's not raining and the farmer says no potatoes this year. Droughts in every place and in every era got a different meaning. In our time which we call the era of technology and the era of money and the era of everything moving, a drought means when everything goes total shutdown. Perhaps we are seeing one drought. Perhaps this one year which made many millionaires lose everything was a drought. We don't know. But if this was one, then be ready, another will come. And another will come. And after it's finished, it's not going to be then rosy days, then it's going to be dajjal. Then it's going to be even more difficult. If this one night could make us all die, then don't expect to live in the remaining nights. Why did Allah's Nabi mention it to us? He was the very one who said, give glad tidings, don't make them scared, don't make them feel uneasy. Why did he say it then? He said it to say like how Quran said, When there is day, there has to be night. And when there is night, there has to be day. The one who's ready for night, before night comes, he's already checking up. The one who's ready for power shortages, before the power shortage comes, he's putting his inverter. He's making sure he put on his diesel, his petrol. He's making sure he tested his battery. If you know dark is coming, you will prepare for dark before it comes. May Allah make it that me and you prepare. We prepare for difficulties. We prefer for dark nights. We prepare for death. And as we go through it, everyone comes. We say, I was already ready for this one. And I move through it and the next, and the next. And finally, which the world calls the darkest, which is called death. Because I was waiting and preparing so long. The day when death comes in front, I open my hands and I say, so long I was waiting. I had to go through so many days of darkness. Mm. Death for me and you is not a calamity. It is the end of all the darkness. I will end on this waqiyah. My brother wrote a kitab at the time. Whatever made him write it. But during this last few months, many people to benefit. The name of the book is called Finding Solace During Sickness. So it is on the website. We've got a website called spirituallight.co.za. So under the book section, this book is, you can download it, many people bought it. One unique thing is, there were those doctors in hospitals, as they would go to the beds of their patients, they were leasing that book. Whether that was Mr. and Mrs. Pious, or it was Mr. and Mrs. Not Pious. It could be that one person, who just said, I hate that morana. But at that time in the bed, they opened the book, and they said, Hey, I love that person. Who's those people? Who wrote the book? Finding Solace, During sickness This is a book maybe me and you Must read because it wasn't only Written for sickness It was written for when dark days come It doesn't mean the end of your life This is one incident mentioned In that book we will read this incident May Allah let me and you live Through this incident The whole book got incidents like this But this is one unique The person says since I was born I suffered from eczema On my hands and arms Now I am 22 years of age, and I still suffer. Alhamdulillah, it goes away for a while, but it comes back infected and inflamed. I always looked around me and saw other people's hands and arms in perfect condition. I would go home and cry so much that my tears would fill a bucket. I was so bullied. I was bullied so much in school because of my eczema. I was treated like dirt. I was abused because of my belief in Islam. One day in class, I cried for over an hour. My eyes stung because of the class saying abusive things to me. The teacher did nothing because he hated my faith. So he carries on as like this. He speaks what me and you all go through. We all look and say, what a life he got. If only I can. You don't know my problems. Everyone got problems. His problem was his hand. He says, as I grew up, my passion to marry grew I always wanted to have a child. My eczema always stopped me from marrying. One day in college, I saw a really beautiful sister from Lebanon. I wanted to marry her, but because of my eczema, she refused. I feel so alone. I suffer so much. I cannot go outside unless my sleeves of my shirt cover most of my hands. I cannot make salah in the masjid without worrying that someone is going to look at my hands and will not want to shake them or you will give me a bad look and he carries on. I feel no Muslim sister will ever marry me but I try to keep strong about it. The only wife I want is a wife of paradise. I wish I was with Nabi Ayyub as he suffered a lot. Then I would not feel so alone. My only dream now is to work hard and to die for Allah. And he carries on. He says about three years ago I was sinking into severe depression. I was suffering so much, everything was just sinking deeper and deeper. I would stay up every night worshipping Allah, begging Him for help. I really thought that Allah had abandoned me and hated me. This is that, مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ ma قَلَى Your Allah is not angry, your Allah has not left you. Then one summer was a summer I will never forget. For six weeks in a row I had dreams that words would never be able to describe. The dreams are too much to mention, but one of the first was, when I was standing on a red land, two Muslim men with large dark beards approached me. They asked me if I wanted to see Jahannam. I said yes. They smiled and I followed them. In front of me was something like a huge head and a wide open mouth. I can still picture this in my mind, but I cannot describe it in detail. We went through its mouth In it were chambers of black fire I saw people lying on their bellies On beds of spikes penetrating through their bodies While they were screaming In another chamber I saw people being crushed again and again in fire In another I saw their limbs being pulled out After a few more chambers we left And one of the Muslims said to me Is your life worse than this? He said, by Allah, no. My best dream was of Rasulullah wasallam. In the dream, I was sitting in a dark room crying. Suddenly, a gold door appeared in front. The door said to me, don't cry and come inside. When I went in, I was in such a beautiful garden. There were all sorts of flowers and different colored streams of water and honey. I heard laughing and talking ahead. So I walked through this garden And each step I took, the garden became more beautiful and different in color. I then saw a really bright gold table with food. Food I had never seen before. There were sweets and different shapes of fruits. There were crystal cups with drinks with at least 100 different shades of color. Sitting around the table were all extremely handsome looking Muslims. I saw one of them holding a staff in his right hand. And I assumed that it was Nabi Musa Ali Another Muslim had long wavy hair with pearls falling from his head. I assumed it is Nabi Isa Alayhi salam. There were at least 100 Muslims around this table. At the head of the table, a Muslim turned around and faced me. Allah, I will never forget his face. His eyes were darker than black pearls. There was a beautiful light shining from his face. As he smiled at me, I felt this warmth and the sweet smelling musk go over my entire body. He said, Salam to me and called me by my full name. I asked him, Who are you? He said, I am the final messenger of Allah. My name is Muhammad, the son of Abdullah. And then he said, I want you to sit next to me. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. A gold chair appeared next to him, so I sat there facing him. He took my hand in his hand. He took my hand in his hand. Which hand? That hand which was the problem of his. The very problem became his honor. The hand where he saw his destruction became his honor. The hand where no one wanted to touch was touched. If that man knew that because of this hand you will sit next to Allah's Nabi, would you ever have complained of that hand? It felt so warm and nice. He said something that even made me cry in my sleep. He said, Don't cry because of the hardships of this life. Don't cry because of the hardships of this life. Rather cry for the forgiveness of Allah. Don't cry and feel sad as Allah will never leave you alone to suffer. He is what the believer who calls his name. He smiles to the believer who repents. He loves the believer who runs to him in difficulty. And on the day that is coming, you will see how much of love and comfort he will give to that believer who suffered for him. And on the day that is coming, you will see how much of love and comfort he will give to the believer who suffered for him. May Allah make this message not only for him, for all of us. What we might think is our problem, might be our honor. What we might see as, why you did this to me? Might be the reason which Allah's Nabi will say, why don't you sit next to me? We might say, Allah, why you gave this to me? And on that day it will said, why don't you come in my hand? We are all asking for the best of Jannah. But when a small difficulty comes, immediately we forgot what we were asking. We are asking for something very high. Something very expensive Sometimes when the person says you're ready to pay Then we can't be so stingy that says, hey, how much? We asked him for high Allah inna sil'atallāh ghāliyya Nabi Wasallam said, remember What Allah is selling is very expensive Ala inna Allah inna silatullah al al-jannah Something expensive, don't be stingy If we have to open our wallets And a few extra rands have to come If we have to open the eye and a few extra tears have to fall If we have to see around us death If we have to see death in us Everything is worth it Because we are moving to a world Where after that there will be no death May Allah make this smile stays with us throughout every difficulty, Whether we see one year of drought Whether we see ten years of drought Whether we see the fitan of the Dajjal right in front of us Whether we see many many Muslims martyred in front of us we will die smiling and hopefully we will stand in the grave smiling and on the day of qiyamah smiling and smiling forever and ever he who goes smiling in this world in the love of allah there is great hope he will remain smiling till the end may allah make us all among those who love smiling who die smiling who stand up smiling (laughs)